Isn't it awesome to think that nothing is impossible with God? Nothing. See, even the song we were singing earlier that said no, no mountain too high, no, like there's no problem, there's nothing that is greater than the reckless love of our Father. Of the love that He has for each and every one of us, He is crazy, madly in love with you. In fact, here's what I want you to do this morning. If you would just look at your neighbor and say this, just look at him right now and just say, God is crazy madly in love with you. Just say that with me. Those of you who are watching online, you may say, who do I say that to? Just yell it out in your home. Just be like, God is crazy madly in love with you. Good. All right. Because the reality of it is, is you need to be reminded of that. Because there are going to come some days, there are going to come moments where you're not going to feel also loved. There are going to come moments where you're going to get a diagnosis from the doctor that, that you're not going to want to align with. There are going to come moments in life where, where you're going to get news about something that's going on and you're not going to like it. You're not going to feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And you're going to need to be reminded that God loves you, and because He loves you, He has a plan for you. And because He has a plan for you, part of that plan is is He's already unfolded it in His Word. He has a miracle in store for your life. We were talking about miracles this week as a snap, and one of the things that we were kind of just going over was this idea of this, is that, that sometimes miracles are happening around us and we don't even recognize it. See, I, I would say this, it's probably safe to say that miracles unfolded this past week where God intervened, where God did something, and you didn't even know it. But God was in the midst of it. By definition, the past few weeks we've been talking about a miracle, we've been saying a miracle is this, it's, it's a wonder-causing event. It produces astonishment in the beholder. When I find myself in God's presence, one of the things is, is I always walk away astonished. In fact, we know this, that, that apart from an encounter with God, we can do a lot of different things up here to try to create the environment from worship. I mean, these guys don't just get up here and gals and, and just wing it. Like all week long, they're practicing and they're putting time in and investment so that we can create them moments and the encounters. I don't, I don't wake up on Sunday morning and just pull a message out of somewhere. Like I'm, I'm studying throughout the week. I'm reading throughout the week. Why? Because we know that one encounter with Jesus can change everything. But can I just say this? That apart from an encounter with God, all of that stuff sometimes can seem like it doesn't even scratch the surface of the needs that are around us. But by definition, like we've been talking about, there are moments, though, where impossible things become possible. And we know that it's in a moment where God shows up that the impossible becomes possible. Now, when we get sick, there's a few things that come to our minds right away. In fact, in our household, if Kasha begins to get sick or the kids begin to get sick, Kasha, a lot of times, immediately will begin thinking, what herbs oils, fruity, crudy, whatever stuff do we have in the house that I can give the kids? The kids, when they were younger, Kasha would dose them up on all these different vitamins and herbs, and they, you know, put this underneath your tongue, and 
put this dropper and it, just all this stuff, and the kids would gag many times on some of the stuff that was, was being put in their bodies. And there's nothing wrong with that. In our whole house, that's kind of one of the, the ways that we begin thinking about that. Some of you, maybe, you immediately start thinking, i got to get to the doctor. If it's a serious need, you immediately think, i got to get to the hospital. That's your, our initial response to most things. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with turning to physicians or medical technicians and saying, hey, could you go to work? Could you, could you mend broken bones in my body? Could you prescribe some medications, maybe some rest? Some of you love it when the doctor says you've got to take the next few days off of work and gives you that note. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But what if, what if we began to think differently? What if we begin to speak differently? What if we begin to act differently? What if instead of our first response being, I got to go to the doctor, instead of our first response thinking, I got I to get the right vitamin in my body, I got to get the right oil diffusing in the home, I got to get this going. What if instead of doing those things and thinking that way, what if we thought differently? What if we spoke differently? When a need arose in our home, instead of looking at someone else, i got to hurry up and get to the doctor. I can't get in the doctor because the doctor's office is always full and they never have appointments. I can't get through on the phone. What if we begin to speak differently? What if we begin to act differently? What if our first response every time we got sick was, yo, what's up, God? So here's the deal. Uh, I'm not feeling real well today. In fact, there's been some sickness going around and stuff, and so I'm calling on you first. See, even myself, I would have to begin thinking differently, speaking differently, acting differently. Because I believe this, that God wants to perform miracles now. But I think sometimes he says, what's the avenue you want the miracle to come through? See, doctors don't heal you. Doctors just know certain things that will help your body go through the healing process. Doctor doesn't have some magical touch where if you go to the doctor, he waves his magic wand over you and all of a sudden you're healed. No, he has just studied the body, knows different things that when they're introduced to the body, begin to help the body to heal. But ultimately, remember, the one who created your body was God. He knows all those areas, and he has allowed other people to be able to tap in and begin to realize that. And so, yeah, medicine does help at times. And yes, if you do splint an arm the certain way, you know, while it's broken and, and put it back in, the body will grow back and the bones will grow back the right way. But man, God knows all those things even more so than any doctor. So if he knows those things, why would we not turn to him first? Why would our first response not be, Jesus, I'm in need. More so than just, Jesus, help me. Because we've all said that, right? Like, Jesus, help me. But it's more like a desperation type of I'm talking about like literally like, yo, Jesus, like I've got this sickness in my home right now. I need it gone. I got something going on in my body right now. I need it healed. Our first response should be turning to the first responder. But sometimes I think what happens is, is, is God's looking down at us, and since he's a gentleman, he's watching us. He's watching what we're going through. And when we're like, man, I gotta, if I could just get through to my doctor, man, 
And, and we even pray sometimes, God, could you please just let me get through to my doctor? And he's like, that's the route you want to go? Okay. Get you through to your doctor. Doctor, I need to get an appointment. The whole time, Dr. Jesus is on the other end of the line saying, hey, I'm right here. Why not turn to me first? Now, I'm not saying ignore medical treatment. I'm not saying doctors. I'm not saying ignore any of that. I'm just saying, why not turn to God first and allow that to be our first response? I love how a man by the name of Francis Schaeffer, he, towards the end of his life, was undergoing some cancer treatments at Mayo Clinic. He wrote this to a friend of his. He said, how good it is to have a theology in which there's no tension between using the best medicine possible and looking directly to the Lord for answer to prayer. See, we don't have to feel like there's this tension between the medical community and God. No, 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 no. Remember, God is the one who uses the medical community all the time. He designed your body to respond to the certain things that it does in the ways it does. He designed it. There's no conflict there. But our first response in the way we think differently, speak differently, and act differently should be to turn to him first. Turning to God should be a first response. See, sickness and disease is an attack against God's original intent. We're in a battle. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about it. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And then it says this. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now listen, the devil, man, he, he's a shifty, crafty dude. He, he, isn't, he isn't just putting sin out in front of you, blatant. No, he, he's always got a scheme. He's always got some way. And listen, if he can get you to always look to the things of this world, then God first, that's part of his scheme. He's like, if I can get God's people to forget about the resources they have, it, it'd be like this. It'd be like, let's say that in your bank account, you had millions of dollars. You had millions of dollars in your bank account. And you had a great need in your home and the first response that you thought of was, I got to get a hold of my family. I, I got to get a hold of someone else. That would be a great plan of the enemy to get you to focus on that rather than you got the resources right there. Just go to the bank, withdraw the money, and use it for the need you have. But I think a lot of us, we are operating like we're broke rather than rich. You are rich in the goodness of who God is when it comes to your health. Stop thinking broke. Put on the full armor of God. Sickness is a scheme of the devil. He wants you to be focused on your sickness, focused on your disease, focused on what's going on in your body. He wants it to be your struggle. He wants it to be your constant thought. But you and I are called to act differently, to think differently, to speak differently. It goes on to say this in verse 12. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Listen, your battle is going to be fought differently. Listen, your battle is not of this earth. It's going to be different. 
That's why it goes on to say, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. So how do you do it? Well, stand firm, having fastened the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Here's something interesting to note. When you'll, if you go in and you begin looking at a lot of scriptures throughout the word of God that talk about healing, there's always an, an, another attached promise in it. And, and one of the attached promises is peace. You can look throughout the scriptures and you'll see where healing is, it also talks about peace. Healing of the physical body, peace in the mind. Our culture is in an epidemic, not only of physical sickness, but of mental sickness. You can look around us, and, and I was watching a thing the other day, and it was just talking about how social media hasn't helped our society. It's begun to cause them to be even more lonely, more withdrawn, more depressed. You go on to social media. I was at a conference this past week with a group of pastors, and they were talking about the worst thing you can ever do is on a Sunday morning is get on social media right after it and look at all the other pastors and look at what they're posting because they post all these great pictures. Man, the church was packed today. 500 people got saved. And you're like, there was only 300 people there. You know, it's just like, what is going on? But, but social media just presents this, almost like this false image. And I raised my hand at that conference and I said, you know, the one thing that we have to remember is we've got to stop comparing our lives, our everyday lives, to the highlight reels of everyone else's. No one puts out on social media the bad things, except for a few of you. And it's draining. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But most of us put out there the positive things. I'm on this vacation. Man, you can look through some of your phones. And if you were to look at how many pictures it took to get that one selfie that you put out there, go look at my daughter's phone. She has, it's like you got to get every right image, every little thing. Someone the other day said, man, you're looking a lot skinnier these days. And I was like, I don't know what's going, I, I have gained weight lately. They're like, no, you look good on social media. I said, that's because I always point the camera the right way. So what do we do? How do we have peace? Well, it says this, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can what? Extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Which is the word of God. Can I remind you of a weapon you have in your arsenal that you can use in every circumstance. It is the Word of God. Now I understand some of us have seen people use the Word of God improperly. We've seen people abuse the Word of God. But can I tell you that just because someone else has abused it does not change the power of it. 
God's word is still God's word, and it goes forth, and it pierces, and it is sharper than a two-edged sword. God's word is there. So what do you do when you have this weapon in your life? What do you do when, when you get a bad report? Hmm. What do you do when the doctors give you a bad report? What do you, what do, you do when the circumstances of life cause a bad report to come? What, what do you do? Well, James talks about it in James 4, 7. It says this, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, some of you are like, what does that have to do with sickness? Where do you think sickness comes from? Sickness is not a result of a loving God. Sickness is a result of sin. We live in a fallen world. When sin entered the world through the disobedience of Adam and Eve, what happened is, is sickness and disease were allowed in, began to plague mankind. But remember, Jesus came, and we talked about this last week, not only to save you of your sin, but also to heal your physical body, to heal your mind. So resist the devil and he will flee from you. Some good friends of ours, Harry and Cheryl Salem, had a, they, they have three children, two boys and one little girl. Their little girl, Gabriella, was at home one evening and they had noticed that when they would look at Gabriella, she would, when she would go to turn, instead of her eyes turning, she would constantly move her entire head. Cheryl saw that and she went over to her daughter and said, hey, honey, can you just follow my finger? And tried to get her to follow her finger and her daughter couldn't follow her finger with her eyes. Immediately, Cheryl knew that something was wrong in her spirit, and they brought their daughter to the emergency room, and they began performing tests, only to find that she had a tumor. Only to find later that that tumor was cancerous. And their five-year-old daughter went through one of the most trying times of their life. Harry and Cheryl will talk about those moments to this day. And they talk about their daughter to this day. And yet their daughter is with Jesus. Every day they would speak over their daughter and they would speak God's word over her and they would speak life over her. And, and they'll even tell you to this day, they'll say, our daughter did not receive her miracle through death. She received her miracle through Jesus. The miracle had been given to her. Though we saw not the manifestation of it, God's word is still God's word. And they said, we have a confidence in knowing that we will be in heaven with our daughter, that we will rejoice together, that this earth is just a, 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 a glimpse of eternity. It's just, a, it's just a passing, fleeting moment in comparison to spending eternity with the Father. And what they would do is they would constantly, day after day, speak God's word over their daughter. They would grab scriptures and compiled scriptures and would, would put their daughter's name in the scriptures and would speak over them. But that was not something new for them. No, that was something they had been doing their entire lives. When their kids were younger, they would speak over their kids and would begin to call things out of them and speak forth those things. And they would team it up with God's word because God's word does not return void. You see, you have an offensive weapon that was never designed to be laid on the coffee table or the bedside, you know, by your bedside. It was actually given to you to be used. The Word of God is not 
doesn't do any good for you. It's not like a teddy bear where you can cuddle it up and, and feel like it just brings comfort. It's actually an offensive weapon that God gave you to use. God's Word has been given to you, and if you'll speak God's Word over your circumstances, you can begin to see mountains move. See, the Word of God is not just defensive, but it's also offensive. God's Word has been given to you to actually do damage to the enemy, to, to cut through lies that are out there. Psalms 107 verse 20 says this, He sent His Word and healed them. Sent His what? His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. In a book that Harry and his wife wrote, he said this, he said, when it comes to healing, I'm not questioning God when it comes to healing. I'm counting on it. He goes, I don't, I don't question God's word. People asked him after their daughter passed away, does that change things for you? No. God's word is still God's word. Doesn't change the circumstances. No, we know and have spoken God's word over our daughter. I'm not questioning God at all when it comes to healing. I'm going to keep counting on him. He goes on to say this. He says, if we will resist the devil, then what will happen is the unseen realm will literally be swallowed up with the seen realm. See, sometimes we can't see the healing. We don't see it manifesting in our body. But can I just tell you, have faith that the unseen will be swallowed up. Or that the seen, excuse me, will be swallowed. That the, the circumstances that you see will be swallowed up by the unseen. That, that supernaturally God will break through in that need that you have in your life. You see, if the scene does not line up with God's word, we have a biblical right to believe God for the seen to be swallowed up by the unseen. I love what Isaiah 55 verse 11 says this. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of the, my mouth. It shall not return to me void. This idea of not producing any effect or useless. It's not going to be void. But it shall accomplish that which I please in purpose. And they shall prosper in the very thing for which I sent it. Your words are powerful. The word there that talks about prosper, it says they shall prosper the very thing which I've sent it for, is the Hebrew word that means breakthrough. It's this idea of a breakthrough to success. If we were to, and I paraphrase, let me just, if we were to actually put that definition in there, that phrase would actually go like this, but God's word shall accomplish that which I please in purpose, and it shall break through to success for the thing for which I sent it. God's word shall accomplish that which I please, and it will break through to success. Why? How could God's word, something that was written years ago, break through in our lives now? Well, Hebrews talks about it. It says, for the word of God is living. It is active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You know what's interesting about the Word of God is that it, not only is it living and active, but it actually pierces into the very way our body was created. Now, when this scripture was written back in Hebrews, do you think that the writer in Hebrews would have known 
that the marrow, the bone marrow on our body is the very thing that produces the red blood cells in our body, which actually produces the, the very life of our body. That literally the word of God would even pierce into blood. Think about that for a minute. A lot of disease and sickness is, has to do with the blood. Cancer has to do with, with our, our, our blood cells has to do with this blood disease that's in there. God's word speaks even to those. It pierces even into those situations. God's word is powerful. God gave his word to us, and it's our job to send the word through the air by speaking it out of our mouths. It's not enough just to think it. We need to speak it. I mean, God even showed us how creatively he could create the earth. He didn't blink existence into, you know, he didn't, he didn't just blink and go, oh, there's a mountain. Oh, there's air. Oh, he didn't, he didn't blink things in. He didn't wave his hand over it. No, what does the word of God tell us? He spoke into existence. He spoke it into existence. He literally spoke his word over the circumstances, over the nothingness, over the void, and things began to come out that weren't there. He spoke it. Some of us need to realize that God's word is something you need to be speaking over your circumstances. He spoke it into existence. Jeremiah, the prophet, says this, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. God was speaking to Jeremiah and saying, listen, I'm watching over my word. It's going to perform. What I've spoken over your life, it's going to happen. The healing, the breakthrough, what he promises in his word, it's going to, it's going to happen. What we need to do is we need to stop turning to other things first and we need to turn to him first. We need to start taking God's word like a prescription. We need to follow its directions. We need to make sure that we're not missing a dose. We need to keep speaking God's word over our families, over our minds, over our workplaces, over our communities, over our bodies. We need to speak God's word. And what we need to remember is God is not a man. And he does not lie. See, here's what I think happens. Some of us, we struggle with much of like what the Israelites struggled with. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 reminds us, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. See, some of us, we're so used to people around us lying to us, saying something that we treat God like we treat others. We don't take God at his word because we have these messed up mindsets in our mind of others who have let us down. But can I just remind you of something? God's word is living, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. God's word is truth. It does not return void. God is not a man that he should lie. He doesn't operate like a man. He doesn't operate like others who have, who have let you down. And if we would understand the full impact of that, the Father God says, listen, here's my word. I've sent it to you, and I will watch over it to make sure it performs. God is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the Word was God. 
Think about that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. God's Word has been going and being spoken over our lives, over our generations before us, over everything that we know. God's Word has been spoken over those. And that's why we must speak God's Word over ourselves and over our families and over others. So today, the simplicity of the message is this is that you need to speak God's word over your life. Just speak God's word over your life. Some of you need a healing. Speak God's word over it. Some of you need a breakthrough in your workplace. Speak God's word over it. Speak God's word over the circumstances of your life. Proverbs 10, 11 says this, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Proverbs 12, 6 says the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Proverbs 12, 14 says a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Notice something about the mouth. Proverbs is talking about the power of the tongue, the mouth. It goes on to say Proverbs 12, 18, the tongue of the wise promotes health. Proverbs 13.3, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. Proverbs 14.3, the lips of the wise will preserve them. Listen, your lips when spoken truth of God's word over the circumstances of your life will begin to see God's word enacted and it will begin to see God's word change things around you. Speak God's word over your life. Speak God's word over your life. Pastor Brian, is that the, that's the big idea today? Yes. The big idea, if you walk away with anything from the gathering today, is this. Just speak God's word over your life. Line up with God's word. How do I do that? Well, here we go. Just, just here's, here's a way to do it. Real simple. Like, grab a verse like Isaiah 5.5. 5. And, and if, if, think about it this way. But he was pierced for I'll put my name in there. But he was pierced for Brian. For his transgressions. He was crushed for Brian's iniquities. And upon him, the chastisement that was brought, Brian, peace. And with his wounds, Brian is healed. You see, you speak God's word over the circumstances of your life. Well, that's adding into it. No, it's just allowing yourself to be spoken into that moment and begin speaking God's word. Here's another one. Uh, 3 John uh, 2. Beloved, I pray that Kasha may prosper in every way, that Kasha's body may be kept well, even as I know that Kasha's soul would keep well and that her soul would prosper. See, it's speaking God's word over my wife. It's speaking God's word over people in your lives. God's word is something that you can speak over others. God's word tells us in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing. Think about it, it's by hearing. What is, what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message. What is the best way to hear the word? The best way for you to hear the word is for you to begin to repeat the word of God over your life. To repeat what God says. Hear it. When I do my soaping, I will sit down and with my 
with my uh, phone and I'll allow someone else to read God's word. There's just something when I'm hearing God's word, when I'm bringing it in and when it's being spoken over my life. Would encourage you this week as you're digging into the scriptures to, to just maybe write a verse out. Maybe the application this week for you would be you putting your, yourself in the story. Allowing God's word to be spoken over you. And what will happen is, is when you begin to speak God's word over your circumstances, it will begin to shape the way you think, the way you speak, and the way you act. See, here's what I would say. If you, have, if you have a need in your body physically, I would encourage you to Google every scripture verse out there that has to do with healing and begin creating a list of every scripture verse that's out there and just create almost like you're, you're, like you're creating an action plan. You just put them all out there, fill it all in. Some of you, you need a breakthrough emotionally. Man, just type in scriptures that deal with emotional healing, and it'll pull up a ton of them. Read the context of them, and then just write them out, and then just begin putting your name in that story. Begin putting your name in those verses. Begin speaking God's word. You need a financial breakthrough? Then begin looking in God's word and saying, where's God's, and God's word is a show where he's provided for you. Man, just create the list. And begin speaking God's word over your life. And here's what I know will happen. Is that miracles will begin happening. Because you'll begin to think differently. You'll begin to speak differently. You'll begin to act differently. Because what will happen is, is when you start speaking God's word out, your mind will begin aligning to God's word. If you'll begin speaking God's word out, what will happen is you'll start acting according to God's word. If you'll begin speaking God's word out, your mind will start thinking, and instead, next time when you get a bad report, instead of you thinking, I got to get a hold of the doctor, I got to get a hold of this, you'll think differently, and what will happen is, is you'll call on him first. Because your spirit that you've been speaking out the word of God over will say, oh, no, no. He's the one who heals you. He's the one who, who, who um, has come to set you free. He's the one who says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God desires for you to speak over your life. Today when you came in and your handout, you received this card that we created. And it's healing scriptures. And we didn't list all of them. There's lots, lots more. But what we did is we put some together on here and we said, you know what? Let's give our people a tool. First scripture, Proverbs 4.20, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life to those that find them. And a health to all their flesh. The Hebrew word for health in verse 22 is medicine. God's word is medicine to all of our flesh. And what happens is as many of us make the mistake of substituting belief and healing for actually taking of God's medicine. His word. People say this, they say, I believe in healing, but yet never speak God's word over their circumstances. Today, I want to remind you of something. Take God's word and speak it over your circumstances. Speak God's word over it. 
Speak God's word over it for spiritual healing. Speak God's word over it for emotional healing. Speak God's word over it for physical healing. There's something to be said of aligning with God's word. And so I'm going to ask you all across this room if you would stand to your feet across the room. One of the things of, of a time of worship is, is this, is that when we are singing songs, we're making public declarations with our mouth. We're saying, no, these things are going to line up. When we were singing earlier about the reckless love of God, what we were talking about is this idea of, of God leaving the 99 to go after the one. We were, whether you knew it or not, making a declaration of God's love. You were reminding your spirit of God's love. You were reminding your spirit of what God has done for you and for your life. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, He himself bore our sins on his body and on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Psalms 91, 15, When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. Luke 6, 19, And all the crowd sought to touch him, for the power had come out of him, and he healed them all. Remind you again, Luke 10, 19, or 9 says, Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. Today, what I want us to do is I want us to declare with our mouth that he is king. I want us to declare with our mouth the scriptures over our lives. I want to encourage you this week to spend time in God's Word, to dig in God's Word, to find scriptures that you can begin speaking over your family, over the needs that are around you. And so today, if you could just, just close your eyes for a moment this morning. I've asked you to stand to your feet because I want your spirit today to just be almost like at a, at a, at a moment of attention, like, here I am, God, I'm ready. And would you right now just begin to speak over the circumstances of your life by just simply thanking God. Come on, that you would just begin to say, thank you, God, out loud, that you would begin to just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, if you need a miracle in your life, just begin to thank God right now. Say, thank you, God, for this miracle. Thank you, God, for this miracle. Thank you for this healing. Thank you for this breakthrough. Thank you, God, for what it is that you're doing. Thank you, God, for the miracle of life. Thank you, God, for the miracle that is happening in me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So, Father, in these moments, in these times, God, as we lift our voices to you with declaration, may our spirits align with what it is that you're desiring to do. God, may we this week, God, as we spend time speaking your word over our lives, God, may we align with what it is that you're doing. God, you are a miracle-working God. You've reminded us in your word that miracles are possible. You've reminded us in your word that healing is possible. God, you've reminded us in your word that not only is it possible, but it's been paid for. You've already paid for it. You've already taken care of it. So, Father, I pray that our spirits and hearts today would declare the faithfulness of who you are, God. God, that you would declare the faithfulness of who you are in our lives today, God. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you, God, for who you are today.
God, we thank you. Father, I pray, God, that you would awaken inside of us a faith that would trust you in every circumstance. A faith that would trust you in the midst of every diagnosis. A faith that would trust you and say, no, God, your word says this, and I speak this over my life. God, thank you for faithfully being with us today. God, may our hearts declare who you are. Could you just right now all across this room, could you just stretch your hands towards heaven right now, just like in an act of surrender right now? Father, with hearts surrendered, we come before you today and we ask that you would meet with us right here and right now. Father, I pray that if there are needs that are represented in the lives of individuals right now, I pray that in in an act of surrender right now, that there would also be an act of receiving, that people would begin receiving healings in their bodies, people would receive healings in their marriages, healings in their finances, healing in their minds, healing in their physical bodies. Father, that healing would flow through this place, through this time, through these moments. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come and stand along the front up here, if you would. Some of our deacons, if you'd come too. Board members, any staff, if you just come and stand along the front. And here's what I'm going to ask. If you have a need in your life today, you're like, I need a healing. I want you to grab this card right here, and I want you to bring it with you. And I want you to come up here, and we're going to pray with you, and we're going to believe for God to break through in your life. You need a healing in your body, physically. We're going to believe that. And the reason why I'm bringing you this card is because I want you to grab that card on the back of it. I just want you to begin speaking over that need, some of these scriptures. Just begin practicing it out with these individuals who are going to then pray with you and say, I'm going to line up with God's word and what's being spoken over your life today. So would you come? Come on, you have a need in your life. You have a need in your life. You need a healing. You need a breakthrough right now. Would you just come right now and you'd say, hey, I just need God to break through in my life, for him to break through in my marriage, for him to break through in my body physically. And you just say, God, would you just help me, God? The word of God tells us that if there's anyone sick among you, you to call for the elders of the church, that they would lay hands on you, pray the prayer of faith, and you will be healed. If you have a need in your life, would you just come? Father, I just pray, God, for 
each and every person here that this week, God, that regardless of the things that they may face, I ask, Lord, that their first response would be to turn to you. I pray, God, that we would speak your word over the circumstances of our life. And God, that what would happen is, is we would begin, as we speak your word, to begin to think differently, begin to act differently, that something inside of us would be different. Because we would be men and women who would think differently, speak differently, act differently. We would align to what your word says. And that we would trust you in every circumstance. God, I thank you for all that you're doing, the miracles that you're performing around us. And we say thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As those who are up here, they can remain praying. Just want to encourage you guys to join us this Wednesday night. We'd love to have you at 6.30 here. We're doing a series on soul here. We have student ministry, amazing things happening in the remix, amazing things happening down in Bethany Kids. If you're a parent in the house and you dedicated your kid, remember that's immediately following right inside of the event center. God bless. We love you guys and have a great week.